entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk is your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the program. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. we got a great program, as always, broadcasting live here on LA Talk Radio. Man, what a show do we have plan for you guys. Feel free to give us a call at any time, 323-203-0815. That's a legal Zoom self-help hotline. Referral code green for extra savings. Speaking of extra, you guys got an extra helping of comedy coming your way, courtesy of my main man. First off, uh, thank you for coming into the program, Paul Danke. Ah. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure to be back, Sean. It's been too long. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming back. We uh, Last time we had you on was the Scary Perry episode. We had uh, <laughs> Perry Caravello from uh, Scary Perry on. It was a uh, interesting, to say the least. It was, you know, we were talking to him about how he was tied to uh, Balloon Boy's dad. It got got, <laughs> got right. real weird for a while, but uh, interesting to say the least. Make sure you check out the archives for that episode. But uh, thank you, Paul, for coming out. Uh, Paul and I recently shared a weekend in Vegas, among other guys. Big we, weekend. Yeah, big weekend. We were out there uh, betting on college football, hanging out. We also spent a lot of time. Paul, Paul's not much of a gambler, nope. but was uh, still enjoying himself out in Las Vegas, soaking up the free drinks and good times. Yep, did a lot of the a lot of the free drinking, a lot of the good times. But everyone got together, and, we're, and we saw this Deal or No Deal video game machine. Oh, we're yeah. like, all right, everyone, throw $10 into this Deal or No Deal. Hey, well, we'll see what happens. You never know. Things might get crazy. And, oh, man, what a ride it was. What a ride two hours later. <laughs> we were literally there for two hours just, you know, 10 guys in our mid-20s transfixed to this dealer no deal <laughs> machine. Normally, normally I'm, a, I'm of the position like, oh, slots? Oh, disgusting. I'm above slots. I'm a table games guy or nothing. Yep. But dealer no deal sucked me in because, you, you know, you're picking the cases. And then it's like, all right, that's a good deal. We should walk away. Walk away. And then and then eventually someone, when we're all thinking like, hey, let's walk away, someone would just boldly run up and touch the screen. And then, <laughs> and then we'd either be really angry or really happy. I did have a great knack for picking high-value cases, which in some cases would be good if it was me picking the first case, but a lot of time it was me knocking out the <laughs> highest uh, value. It got to the point where I was no longer allowed to touch cases. He got banned. Yeah. Banned from the case the case chase. And to be honest, I, I, I was happy that the pressure was lifted off me. I didn't I didn't want any more of that pressure. Yeah. Didn't want anything to do with it. I've never seen I've never seen a crowd gather around a slot <laughs> machine before. Who are these boring people? It, yeah, it was almost like a crafts machine. This this uh, milf chick who thought she was hot. I guess me calling her a milf would imply, but well, whatever. She's yeah. not hot. She rolled up and she's like, "It's my turn to spin the wheel. Let me spin it." There's nothing funnier than ladies in Vegas who used to be really attractive who are now just pretty attractive <laughs> older ladies just watching them hold it down. Oh. They've been at 35, mm. never never quit smoking, still have blonde hair that they're dying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Paul, I, I didn't mean to shortchange the audience by mentioning that David Koechner, actor and comedian, he 
You've seen him in Anchorman. You've literally seen him in everything. I mean, this guy's got an IMDb list, seven pages long. He's going to be coming in shortly. So Big fan. We, we have that to look forward to. Very funny man. Very great actor. It's good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio. Last week I did a live show remotely from South by Southwest, oh, yeah. and it was it was a little weird being out of my element. It was just because first off, this publicist at South by Southwest. All right, I'm not. I told my mom I wouldn't use the c word on the air, but this lady was not helpful at all. Whoa. And she, I, you know, I came there like, oh hey, I, I'm gonna do publicity for this, blah blah blah, and she set helped me set up nothing, helped me prepare nothing, so I'm just there posting up at the convention center with a laptop and. Uh, thank God Howard Kramer, uh, a.k.a. Dragon Boy Suede, was nice enough to come do the show. Ended up uh, you know, saving the show there. But it was it was kind of an odd setup just because I'm just there broadcasting from this convention center floor. But people are there hanging out, just enjoying a cup of coffee. And they have no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just by myself with a laptop yelling into a microphone looking like a psychopath. You're like Cuba Gooding Jr. in radio. See, I don't mind looking like a psychopath in this in the <laughs> studio because I, it's my den of it's my it's my sanctum, Paul. Yeah, I feel Paul safe here. here. Who doesn't? But uh, I I did realize when I came back from Austin that I when I was drunk on St. Patty's Day I was I was roaming around the streets of Austin and I ha- I brought my portable audio recorder and I thought I would record myself and oh it'd be interesting I can do this audio <laughs> blog of me touring <laughs> picture me just roaming around these these hip uh, college bars in Austin oh, I'm carrying this giant heavy laptop sack with a mixing board in it I know no one. I'm just stumbling up to random people, trying to start conversations. My shoulders getting all sore from this laptop bag. Oh, but it was man. it was St. Patty's Day, so I felt like I had to represent. So here here's a couple clips that I got from me roaming around Austin by myself, uh, drunk out of my mind, St. Patrick's Day. Yo, what's up? I'm uh, drunk. It's St. Patty's Day. I'm in Austin, Texas. Just hanging out. Listen to this. Just hanging out in the street corner. Listen to this. <laughs> Shit is happening. <laughs> that was me, me trying to convey excitement. I was like, you know, it's just going down. I just, I, I was, wish I did a better job. I'm just glad that you finally get to provide for your audience what I've got to experience, which is Sean <laughs> drunk in public. There's a markedly less amount of you falling down, which is, well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard the next clip. All right. Well, here's, here's the next clip. It's. Kind of on the same theme uh, of the last clip. It's just me trying to give you some color commentary of what the nightlife is in Austin. Well, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, Austin time, and I'm here on 6th Street in uh, historical Austin. Just kind of soaking up uh, what you would call the culture. <laughs> it took me a long time to find that word. Uh, what is that word you're talking about? These people roam around the street to close off. Drunks are marauding everywhere. <laughs> it, uh, it's pretty much a party. I was so proud that I threw a marauding. Marauding, yeah. I don't know, I don't know where I got that word from. It must have been a word-a-day calendar that got <laughs> stuck in my head, but I was like, God damn it, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Good times. Oh, and I, I guess when I get drunk, I, I, get, I get a little rowdy, according to other people, according to some accounts Fact. from Vegas. Fact. I was, I was uh, headbutting some people. But not, <laughs> not like headbutting their head. What I would do is I would lower my head like a rhino and charge into them. I, it's all based on a Simpsons episode where Stampy, it's the one episode where Bart gets the elephant named Stampy, and Stampy, it turns out to just be a jerk elephant and plows his head into other elephants, and then Homer sees that and he imitates it. So that's me doing an imitation of that. 
But when I do the imitation, I'm re- I'm really drunk and I just I just come off like a jerk. Yeah. Well, the best part was you the next day accusing someone of acting juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, well, do we bring up the headbutting in the casino now or or just? Well, and I off? felt really bad because apparently I headbutted Casey and I, I didn't realize he had such fragile woman hips because now he has a a giant black and blue mark oh, on geez. his hip. Oh, man. And he was he was complaining about it. Or he, actually, he wasn't complaining about it. I just pointed it out and started making fun of him in a way to defuse my own my own uh, tomfoolery, if you will. Yeah. But Go here's here's another clip. Uh, keep in mind, this is St. Patrick's Day. I feel like uh, that'll give you some reference for this clip. I may be of Irish descent, but even I realize that the Mexican beers are much cheaper, and that's what I'll be uh, drinking. <laughs> that was me. I was worried somehow that my dad was watching me or something like, and he saw, you're drinking a Corona on St. Patrick's Day? What kind of son did I raise? Yeah, Tom would be happy. No, he wouldn't. He would be disappointed, to say the least. Here's another clip. Or actually, the last clip of me uh, roaming around in South by Southwest. You know, sometimes when you've had a couple cocktails, you like to you like to sing some songs that normally you wouldn't sing along to. That's true. Songs that are kind of feminine. Songs that still kind of rock out. I know when I get drunk, I'm not afraid to rock out to some Avril Lavigne or songs of that nature, kind of chick rock. And here's <laughs> a, here's a good example of me rocking out to some chick rock. Just want to have fun. Really, really want Just want to In my head, I was singing along. Like I, I totally missed the bridge here, but I was singing <laughs> along with it in my head the entire time. Welcome to the stage, Mr. David Keckner. Perfect timing, Keckner. man. Oh, good. You're not, you're not bagging on me yet? Oh, no, 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 no. Never do that to a name. apologies. Anaya. I didn't have your uh, number in my phone. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was saying 815. That's fine. I, oh, really? I was just, yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm early. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks yeah, for coming on, man. In. Appreciate uh Thanks again for coming on the program. I was just uh, playing clips of me uh, drunk at, uh, in Austin for St. Paddy's Day. And uh, you know we're just commenting on that. Are you uh, are you Irish as well? Yes. Okay. Oh, Cause, yeah, because yeah, well, you look you look yeah. a lot like my dad. Oh. Yeah. Well. Irish how Catholic. How old are you? I'm uh, 26. I could be your dad. All right. Yeah. Uh, my my mother was a Downey. Okay. And uh, her uh, Downies and O'Connors on her side of the family, and my grandfather was adopted, so I'm not actually a Keckner. Oh, okay. You're not. Ooh. No. Oh, all right. We think his last name was Williams, which could be. Uh, English or Irish, although there's also speculation it could be Howard, his last name. Oh, all right. Which would make me part Jewish, which I would love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help you out in this town, yeah, huh? right? One little piece, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, the the mix, they get no breaks in this city. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, all right, let's take it from the top. You're you're originally from uh, Missouri, right? He's got his notes. Yeah, us. I got my notes. I want to I want to make sure I hit all the spots here. Tipped in Missouri. Just so you know, it's uh, handwritten. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not a printout. Oh, okay. Oh, he's just saying. Oh, sorry. I need to get closer to the mic. Yeah. Have some better mic technique. I'm from Tipton, Missouri. Uh, It's in the heart of uh, 
Missouri. It's a town of 2,000 people uh, when I grew up. 2,000 people my whole life. And then about 10 years ago, I went back for a uh, reunion, and I noticed it had increased to like 3,600. I was like, wow, Tipton has grown. What's going on? Oh, they count the prisoners now. Oh, okay. That's a nice little loophole. What is that for census? Federal tax dollars. Yeah, oh, right. extra. It's based on population. Oh, yeah. That's why you see these billboards around town that say, hey, your vote counts. What if we need more buses? We don't know how many we need. Yeah, exactly. That was the same sign I saw coming over on Ventura Boulevard. Like, if you're if you're taking the bus on Ventura Boulevard, you're probably not that motivated. Like, oh, man, I want to help the government out. Right. Yeah, they. oh, that government, they never get a fair shake. I. These are probably people that are kind of disenfranchised. They're not looking to fill out more paperwork. Yeah, they're probably not easily found by the census takers. Right, yeah. exactly. They're going to fall into the cracks there. So you grew up in uh, Tipton, Missouri. Yeah. And uh, now I noticed from your films, uh, sports is a big a big theme. You've been in a lot of uh, sports-related right. characters. Did you play a lot of sports growing up? Uh, poorly, yes. All right. <laughs> you you very well may be my dad. <laughs> now, what, what kind of what kind of sports did you play growing up? Uh, baseball. In Tipton, they didn't have soccer, so we had basically Thank baseball, God, right? baseball, basketball, and football. All right. And I excelled at none of them. <laughs> I was I, you know I'd say I'm an average player, mediocre. Right. You had yeah. a lot of heart for Tipton for uh, a town of two thousand people. Right. Wow, that's nice. even worse, yeah. right? <laughs> well, no good in Tipton. Mediocre. No, I could you know it's I could I could make the team. So. Uh, I was an embarrassment, but I wasn't the game changer. Right. It wasn't make or break. Right. But it was, hey, it was something to do. Now, are you big? Uh, who's the sports teams you followed? I follow uh, football mostly, Chiefs and Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, lived chi- in, I lived in Chicago for 10 years. So oh, all right. Yeah. So is that is that when you kind of switch over to being a Bears fan? Well, you don't have to switch over. They're two different conferences, NFC and right. NFC. So until they play each other, I don't really have a conflict. And until they meet in the Super Bowl. Right, it doesn't look like the Chiefs are going to be going there anytime soon. <laughs> All right, so you were uh, growing up in Tipton, Missouri. When did you when did you start becoming interested in comedy? Uh, I think uh, early on. I know that I remember in third grade there was some time left before the bell one winter day, and it may have been a Friday even, and Mrs. Powers said, does anyone want to come up and do a skit? And I said, I'll do it. I don't know why. Maybe right. Because I'm why one, not? Maybe because I'm one of six and wanted attention. <laughs> and I remember I brought up Bob Bestian because he was the best laugher. He should laugh at anything. That's that's a key to having a great comedy show. People don't realize you get a good laugher, you set up a good vibe, put him up, that's up early took. in the early in the audience, you're going to so roll. I brought him up on in front of the class with me and had him sit down. And all I did was take off my stocking cap and start rummaging around in it, and then start sticking it in his various places in his jacket, and he was laughing so hard that <laughs> Little the crowd whole work. class laughed. Now, and then the bell rang. I knew I knew Boom. I had it out. Got out on the out. Uh, Saved by the bell. Yeah. Now, yeah. Is a guy like that, does he ever look you up on Facebook or anything like that? Does he ever say, hey, I have this crazy story. I, I remember in third grade, David Keckner. You know, you've seen David Kector, Guy Nakerman. He he did this skit with this hat, and I knew he was going somewhere. Does he? I don't even know if he remembers it. I've never talked to. You know what? I have my 30-year high school reunion coming up this um, May, and maybe I'll ask him. You got to be stoked for that, right? It's, it's it'll be fun. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. A small class. How so. big was the the graduating class? Sixty-eight people. Sixty-eight. And that was not a private school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a oh, high no. school class of sixty-eight. So everyone knows everything. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the that's the Good and the bad of it. Everybody knows everything about you since birth. Yeah, that's. Now, what about much. what about dating? Does that throw you off? Like having a small dating pool? Or? Oh yeah, 
It's, it's <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? There, there, you don't have that many choices, and then neither do they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it could it work both ways. Circle. Yeah, it might help you out, or right. it might be, oh man, I got nothing to do, but oh, neither does the rest of the chicks in my high school exactly. class. Exactly. And what tends to happen is the older guys start dating the girls in your class, yep. and yeah, then they, they go do. steady all four years, <sighs> and then they get married, mm-hmm. and then they get divorced. See, that's the, that's the other mm-hmm. thing. Tipton, Missouri, I yeah. imagine right out of high school, they're looking to settle down. Well, you see, I, I still get the Tipton Times, and you see it all the time. <laughs> you're like shocked. You're like, oh, yep. 21, and you're engaged. Wow, okay. Yep. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm from uh, originally from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and it's it's not quite that small town, but you know, as soon as you get out of high school or you get out of college, people start settling down. Whereas if you're 21 in Los Angeles and you even have a, a steady boyfriend or girlfriend, people just grab you on the street right. and say, "What are you doing, kid?" What does not steady till, mean? Yeah, not yeah. till 30 at yeah, least. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, well, you guys looking to save some rent? What's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What what happened? You got you can't find a another actor to room up with. What are right. you doing with yourself? Right. All right, yeah. so you're you're in uh, you're in Tipton. They're in Tipton. And what what hap- What's the plan coming out of high school? Uh, I was a poli sci major. Poli sci major. Yeah, yep. Okay. What what college did you go to? I went to one place. The only place where my my parents would pay is a place called Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. My mother, uh, devout Catholic that she is, wanted me to go to a Catholic college. Right. Sure. Because Tipton didn't have one, or else I went to a Catholic grade school. Then they didn't have a Catholic high school. So then. She wanted to go to Benedictine because her brother was the abbot of the monastery there. Oh. My mother's one of 11 kids, and there were four in the religious. Talk about Catholic. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just funny. I, I feel like I'm hearing my own life story of just, <laughs> you know, okay, every tons of cousins, tons of aunts, tons of uncles. T- the how idea many, of like, many, hey, go to Catholic school. How many priests and nuns were in your family? Oh, um, well, I mean, it's like a great aunt. Uh, I got a couple uh, nuns that are great aunts. No priests, but a couple. You were direct. I had two aunts that were nuns, two priests that were, two two uncles that were priests, and only in my mom's family on that one side. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So they'd all gone to Benedictine. Oh, okay. And so that was kind of like, that's where you're going. Right. In the last ditch hope that maybe you'll get the call. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you remember when you were in like seventh grade? Did you go to a Catholic, oh, yeah. uh, grade school? Yeah. Hey, I, uh, Did you? I didn't know, but I'm I'm familiar. What they would do is they would encourage you to listen for yeah. the call. So listen for the Holy Spirit on. to call you out. To call you out yeah. to join you know, the monastery at eight, at seventh grade. Yeah, you, you, and you're just sitting there. You're like, uh, I close my eyes at bed. I'm not. He- All I'm hearing is uh, jerk off. I'm not yeah. hearing any kind <laughs> of. I'm not, not hearing the Holy it. Spirit calling me. Yeah, I, I'm hearing jerk off, and I'm not hearing jerk off. In front of the other guy, <laughs> yeah, or with exactly. that guy, or inside that man. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, confirmation. I I was like a legend at St. Anne's Catholic Church. Not not to toot my own horn, Tutor but um, I remember part of the confirmation process is the uh, bishop would go around and just randomly quiz people about about different parts you, uh, of oh confirmation and. As, as dumb as it sounds, one of the questions we overlooked in our confirmation teaching was, give me a textbook definition of confirmation. And the, the, <laughs> I know it seems it seems stupid, but that was not one of the things we covered. And I remember right before we went in, they, the teachers are scrambling. They're like, all right, everyone keep reciting the textbook definition of confirmation. What do you have to know this? First question out of the gate. You over there, what's the textbook definition of confirmation? Nailed it. And nice. you could just... I, I was a man. Yeah, because well, her her job was on the line. It wasn't really about you. It's oh right, the, yeah. Like the Catholic Church. No, it's they just rules. It's not about yeah. really about spirituality. Right. It's about sin. It's about right. following it's, the rules. It, yeah. At some point, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm not really that religious anymore, but you still feel connected to these traditions. Well, and, the rituals. Right. right. There were yeah. the things that you. That's how. There were the guideposts of your life. You did this on this day and this on that day, and then, yeah, they. they that's what they wanted. Just taking out the guesswork. Well, they want to establish the order that you have to follow, so you feel like that's you're going to be your life, and they can just keep pushing you down the trough of where they want you to eventually go. Right, and when you come out into L.A. or whatever, it, you know, everyone looks at religion like, oh, so, uh, these people are so stupid or whatever. But you can see that, you know, as much as people want to bash the church and stuff like that, and as easy as it is to do, I feel like there's a ton of good people that are just like, oh, okay, this is a formula for being a good person. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I follow right, this? Right, the institution's flawed. The people that are Right, aren't. the people in church are fine. The, right. the power structure. Right, yeah, the institution itself. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference between spirituality and religion. Yeah, I don't think the two know each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Religion's got too many middle management issues. That's exactly you know what, what it I is. mean. I don't like it's all the management. Yeah. It's now, tough. what what do you think of of these recent allegations? You know, all the allegations of the priests coming out, and even the idea that the Pope was uh, somewhat, you know, helping to cover that up. How does that does that affect you at all, or what's? Uh, I think it's tragic. I'm not uh, a practicing Catholic any longer. Right. So I haven't been for years. But I mean, does that are people in your family? Do they see that, and does that change their I, opinion? Do you think no, people who have been no, religious for no, a longer amount no, of time? No, they they're still staunchly committed to the faith. Uh, but you know, I don't know why. I mean, I, these all of these parishioners should be standing up and demanding accountability and saying we're changing things. Right. I mean, I, that I don't understand how the congregations don't demand change. Because no. there are so many good people in it, why not? Yeah, why is there not some sort of revolt? Well, it goes back to your point. It's the power structure. It's right. the way the institutions run. You're not allowed to give voice about how the organizations run. It's ridiculous. Right. It's actually fascist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's not there's not much democracy at at, at any sort of church or. Look, if you got an institution that can tell a man that you cannot use your primary instinct, <laughs> yeah. your very primary instinct is to is this. Internet? Yeah, yeah, you can curse and whatever. Your primary instinct as a man is to fuck. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Right? Right. Oh, yeah. And so We're you're, animals. you're saying deny yourself that for the rest of your life. That's not natural. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and an it's institution dangerous. that is born on that premise right. is, going, is headed for trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I course, mean, how does know, how's there not revolts before? Exactly. And that the, the institution makes women second-class citizens that ridiculous right i think it's just all the fear of the unknown the fear of hey how, how did i get here there must be some higher power and okay if i do this we want to we want to buy in the idea that okay we follow this set of rules we'll be all okay right but life's scary man well that's changing <laughs> i mean there's certainly a, a, a you know a need for priests and i think you know as we get a more advanced modern society right do like fewer and fewer people are signing up i, I imagine in, in the future you're going to see female priests as you should. right well yeah, yeah i mean come should. on that if anything, they're, I think, naturally more uh, nurturing and more kind of, you know, a matronly figure might even, is probably better served for kind of religion and of stuff course, like that. Of course. All, you know, early religions were based around the mother. Because before men knew they had a hand in it, they uh, thought women had some divinity. Right, because, because they gave life. How could a baby be born? Right. Once men figured out they had something to do with it, right. they started repressing women. Yeah, yeah, once we figured out money or power or whatever, then it's like, all right, oh, wait, we, we, we're the ones uh, hunting? All right, we'll take care of well, things. Well, oh, my, 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 uh, my dick made that thing happen? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jackpot. Right. 
go cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It probably, it's it's surprising how long it took to figure out, but eventually we realized, <laughs> all right, our dick is the one running this show. Let's Those were the dark Let's take the power back. And all right, so men have been repressing women. So you missed the call, David. You missed the call for the priesthood. <laughs> it didn't even come close. It didn't <laughs> come across the plate. <laughs> no, nowhere near, nowhere near the David Keckner batter's box. The umpire didn't even need to come into the stadium. Well, you're here now. I am here now. You're here now. I got so, this call. Yeah, yeah, you got this call, and you answered it, and you said, I'm going to come on here and, and uh, talk talk radio with uh, Sean Green, Paul Danke, and I appreciate it. So now, how do you get the call for comedy? You said you dabbled uh, in it as a kid. Right. I guess... Kind of as an attention thing as a kid. Call? Probably that's it. I was the class clown, and it's like that. I'm one of six kids. So you uh, probably want the attention, and that's one way of doing it. I, I think you recognize that's an area that, I, that I'm successful, and it makes me happy, gives me power. Yes. Right. I, I think it's another human, basic human, certainly male need. You're a man. And the, yeah. And oh, it, yeah. And it works. So uh, then, I, I, then I moved. I quit uh, going to college because I realized. Uh, so how many years in deep were you? Three years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love. All right. Three it. years. I love right. people that quit okay, college. Okay. Now three I, I just in. yeah we got to get this emotional reaction from the folks though. Three years in of the Catholic college. No no no. Oh sorry no, that's sorry, right you yeah, didn't. Two years two years in the Catholic college. Then I transferred to the University of Missouri. Oh okay. Right because I figured because right. that's all. Maybe I did. that's maybe I had to do two years at Benedictine. That okay. was the decree. So I did that. I'm like okay I'm going to a big public university right. Right. Where there are thirty. Stevens time. Yeah yeah. 30,000 students, I'm going to have some checks. Exactly. Yes, sir. So go there, and then I start taking my administrative classes in the third year. So you do theory first, right? Political theory, all that stuff, which is really cool. A lot of philosophy. And then you start getting into other classes like, oh, how laws are made. Right? Great, great, great. great. Yeah. Yeah, now let's let's look at the administrative process. And you're like, the legislative process. Parliamentary procedure. Yes, this is really boring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I don't belong to a country club, and I never have. <laughs> I will never make senator. Right. Never. Fucked. Never. Nope. I mean, maybe not even senator's aid. Nope. So I, I was like, this is fucked. I'm not going to do this. And then I visited a friend in Chicago, and I went to the second city. And then I saw. I was like, well, fuck, this is what I want to do. And I knew that a lot of the early, most of the early Saturday Night Live players had come right. from Belushi, second city. Right, that's where he got yeah. his first cast, a right. lot of right. And so I was uh, stunned by what I saw there, and then I noticed on this this uh, bulletin board there that you could take classes. And I was like, oh, that's how, oh, because I had no idea how people did that. Right, right. How does someone go do that? And so I moved to Chicago and then started taking classes at a place called the Improv Olympic, uh, where there's one here in L.A. and there's one in Chicago called the I.O. now. And I took classes concurrently at the I.O. and also at uh, Second City and eventually got on stage, a lot of stage. In, in Chicago, you could be on stage every night of the week if you wanted to, doing an improv show or something. Oh, man. So I That's did awesome. that a bunch. And stage time is so important. It really is. I, I heard you on the Kevin Pollack show talking about you read the book Outliers. I read that as well. Yeah. And that's one of the keys to you know outliers. They study super successful people and kind of the formula that they have. But one thing in common that they have is this insane amount of hours of practice that e- even if you're not going to be the Beatles, you can still be a really good band right. as long as you have that insane amount of, of practice. Of time, yeah, yeah. Yep. That you're throwing. The, so I, I was very fortunate to go. Now, who, who, yep. do you remember who you saw that first night when you were like, oh, man, they blew me away? Yes, uh, I saw Dan Castellaneta. Okay. I saw Jim Fay, who's passed away now. I saw uh, Harry. Hold on. Three. Murphy. Two. Oh, got it. Nice. Uh, who else? 
Oh, I saw Richard Kind. Okay. Um, those are the people I can remember vividly. All right. Maybe, so you, maybe Bonnie Hunt. I can't remember if she was in that cast or not. Because then later you start, they all start yep. coming back together. Because I saw tons of shows there. But I, those are some of the early people I saw. Yeah. So you moved to Chicago, right. become a regular guy at the Second City. Right. And then what, you just did the classes, worked your way up. Did the classes, then you auditioned. I auditioned three times, never got in. So I said, fuck it. I guess I'm going to do something else. So I did mm-hmm. other shows. I did plays. I studied acting. Did everything else I could. Uh, then they called me. And said, nice. Like That's to, a power move. Oh, would you like to you audition? Betcha. Uh, and so I did, and I got in, and then uh, I started touring, and then got into a resident company, and then, you know, after that, you get other jobs. Now, yeah, where was your first, uh, would you say, big break coming out of Second City? Well, I got was hired it? onto Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, yeah, okay. Out of Second City, yeah. All right, so now explain what happens. You do the showcase night for SNL. They have an idea. Talent is coming to check it out. Uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. I knew I was going to get the job. I, sometimes you know. Look at that swagger. I, I, I like yeah. it. You know God. what? It was one of those things... You know how they say when you decide what you want, it, mm-hmm. can, it can happen? I had decided that's what I'm going to do, and I knew that since I was 13. Yeah. And I wasn't um, um, necessarily single-minded about it. It wasn't uh, like a, a piggish approach, like, i got to fucking have it. I <laughs> yeah. felt like guided by inspiration. Like, your, your eyebrows jumping up, like, really. I really, really felt like, it. well, I'm going to do that show one day, and then uh, I was going to be on it. It's when I... I, uh, before that, I had been, I auditioned for Mad TV, and the casting director, Pam Thomas, had remembered me and sent my tape to Lauren Michaels and said, hey, listen, when you guys are auditioning later this year, hire this guy. And he put me under contract then for uh, uh. a small development deal, which I thought was a lot of money. <laughs> a very, very, very small. Hey, development deal sounds right. fun. You're like, oh, I right. just get money to hang yeah. around? Man, show well, is awesome. And, and so I shot a, a, a tiny show with my friend, Jim Corain, and we, that's what, all I cared about. Right. We're going to do this. And... But I also felt like clearly they must be very interested, and uh, they said, well, here's what will happen. This development will kick in if you don't get the show. So oh, I thought, okay. Oh, oh, I'm oh. Gonna get it's kind the of show. a catch. Yeah. Right. They're doing so, that insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically you're not going to do anything else. You're gonna but still, that's kind yeah. of, oh, Lauren wants me one way right, or the other. Right. That's kind of a compliment. So it really helped my confidence, and, and when I went to my first audition, I... I just improvised it. I didn't even. <laughs> I, I can't That's balls, it. I man. I can't wow. believe it. I didn't write I like your it. swagger, Kector. I didn't write I like it. it. And so uh, I knew I was going to get a call back. I just felt it. And yeah. so I went and I wrote the second audition. Uh, my second pieces, like five character pieces for that audition. And it went really well. It was one of those moments, because you're basically doing a one-person play. Yep. Do you ever have an out-of-body experience at all during this? Like, oh, my God, I'm. Not I'm out, owning this. Not out of body, more like in body. Just, 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 just right just in the like, moment. This feels oh, good. Man. And I'd done tons of stage. So right. Being right. on another stage didn't You had the instincts. This guy was just another guy. He was another right. audience member. Right. You didn't feel thrown out of your element. You're right. like, I'm just going to go and knock it out like I've been doing in Second City yeah. day in, day out. It felt like, you know, just punching the clock yeah. another day at the yeah. office. So now you get to you get on Saturday Night Live, right? Yep. Now what's what's that experience like? Who's uh this is ninety five, right? Ninety five, yeah. It was myself, Will Farrell, Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Catan, Daryl Hammond, Tim Edos uh, was still there, Norm McDonald, David Spade. Man, uh, bunch of zeros. Nancy Walls. <laughs> bunch of zeros. Uh, uh, let me think who else? Jim Brewer. Um Yeah, we've had Brewer on the program. He's he, a lovely man. Yeah, he's a great he dude. He's a like lovely it. man. Really funny. Uh, so, yeah, we were all there, and uh, it was a really good feeling because we were all new, and it was everyone's first job in television, all the yeah. new cast, and everyone was really kind to each other. There wasn't really messed up competition. Uh, there wasn't a bad person there. 
uh, I didn't really realize how much how cutthroat it was. So I would just write a couple pieces and hey, if it got great, yeah, you right. did got on great. If it didn't, hey, good for you. <laughs> Till about halfway through the season, you're like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my piece at the table killed and it didn't get picked. Right. Stuff like that yeah. starts to happen. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, this isn't fair. It's like, okay. Hey, dumbass. Start, you start seeing it's the underhanded politics fair. of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone wants to be nice because they don't want you they don't want you messing up with their their, exactly. their stage time. And they came to me a couple times with some ideas. Like I did this one character, Gerald Tibbins, and uh, sure. I did that show later for years in, in, in Los Angeles. And I had the T-Bones, right? Sure, T-Bones. Yeah. And they said, hey, how about uh, T-Bones talk show? And I said, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> what the fuck? Do, what was I doing? <laughs> hey, so after, tell them after, no. After three <laughs> I thought you're passing on. No, I'll just, I'll just sit this uh, yeah. show out. Because I thought, in my heart, I was like, that's what's wrong with this show. <laughs> we need more original sketches, not another stupid talk they show. They do it a lot You of just talk stand shows, up, you're yeah. like, Lauren, Lauren, is this another one of your formulaic pieces of crap that's well, going to go into some movie that no one likes? No, we got we got to reform the show. We got to bring the spirit yeah. back. Now, I'm not having that conversation with him. I'm right, right. I mean, a different producer on the show yeah. who doesn't sit me down at the time. Like, I and would, give you the heads if up. If it were me, I'd say, hey, guy, I'm not asking. You. Yeah, this is what's happening. Because he was asking me. Yeah. And then after. There's no questions. After you realize, like, oh, they, yeah, he wasn't yeah, asking. You fucked up. <laughs> it, was, it was not even a suggestion. Like, fucking do this. Do you want to get on? So, I, you know what? It was one of those deals, like, oh, good. Whatever. Yeah. And so then I moved on, and then, you know, I moved to L.A. And, well, you got you got on the uh, Bill Brasky skits. Those were yeah. great. Those are great. Those we gotta, were, uh, we got to talk about Bill Brasky. Adam, Adam, <laughs> Adam McKay's brainchild. Adam and Will were making that up. And then we would we would sit in the room with Adam, Will, myself, Mark McKinney, and Norm Hiscock and just do a bunch of bits. And then they'd put them into a, a, a sketch. Well, yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul and I were talking about the um, Bill Brasky. And, Paul, what was your theory? Well, so obviously we're all aware now of Chuck Norris as a phenomenon. But uh-huh. let's be honest, the whole Chuck Norris thing is just a Bill Brasky ripoff. Right? Wow. It's just uh, Chuck Norris brushes his teeth with ninjas, and it's like you know who oh. also did stuff like that? Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky, early predecessor. Yeah. Now that was McKay and Farrell. Now oh. here's here's the second part of the theory: Are they ripping off Bill Brasky, or is Chuck Norris? Bill Brasky. <laughs> nice. That's meta. That's very, very that's, deep. That's meta. Uh, yeah, Bill Brasky. Those were fun. So is that were fun. Oh, you know what the thing was? Uh, they buried those at the end of the show. Yeah. If you remember? Yeah, they, were they only did. The last sketch. So they were the ones that were gonna get cut first. Yep. If the show's running along and the Brasky's going away, <sighs> they killed at the table. Lauren never understood him. When we do the table reads, he had the most confused look on his face, like, "What are they laughing right. at?" Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, I, I would say it's one of the. It's one of the most referred to sketches. Really? And uh, I would say imitated, but it's an inspiration. Just that it style just seems, of guys. It's, it's like, about all right, you stuff. got this it's ball. Funny. Let's keep playing with it and it's, keep rolling with right. it. And just seems like, oh, this is what great skits are about. It's, it's a perfect boy funny. game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, David, we got a call here, real quick, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, no, I don't mind. Caller, you're <laughs> on the air. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, Sean? Hey, uh, thanks for calling in, man. You're on the line with David Keckner. You got a question? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, Run, Ronnie, Run is like one of my favorite movies of all time, thanks to uh, Clay. Oh, character thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, um, I just wanted to say, like, you play a great retard. I feel like <laughs> that's like a common, common theme. Like, you're better than Hanks and, and uh, Dustin Hoffman, for sure. Like, do you have, like, something you think of, or <laughs> what's your inspiration for playing such a great uh, mongoloid? Um, 
Well, I don't know. I guess I grew up in a rural area, and maybe I actually know a lot of people who now like T Bones. Is that T Bones is not retarded? No, no. Oh. So I I know Clay in that he's pretty much the same. It's the same character. So in Run Ronnie Run, Clay is T Bones, but in my mind, T Bones is is, is uh, cynically smart and and uh, uh, subversively smart, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Right. He's but the, I, most people hobo street hustle spirit. Exactly. Yeah, not oh, yeah. the opposite the way, the of street way, smarts, right. rural smarts. The way he talks, most people just assume he's retarded. But right, he's because not. of the accent. But right. really, he's a he, he, he's a backwoods he, hustler. He, he like quotes that. Noam Chomsky. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's simple, I guess. <laughs> that's the best way to describe. He's more it. like a con man. So maybe that's the thing. That's part of his grift, where he he's disarmingly charming, and you think that he's a fool, but You're he's like, not. You're like, oh, this hasty can't be in on right. the. On the joke, but oh man, he's in on it. He's he's already two steps ahead. So now, yeah, we we came right to the uh, T Bones and Trucker show. Now that came out of you doing shows at the Largo, correct? Right, right at Largo for probably eight years, and we tried to get it to a couple different networks, and finally Comedy Central said yes, and uh, then we had to take the format they gave us. See now oh, you're you're so making some body language there. What what uh, in your mind well, what I'm, went wrong with the process there? Uh, from the very beginning. <laughs> now I got I, I'm yeah, a huge fan huge fan of the show. Well, thank you. When you get is like it's eight episodes or so. Eight, yeah. And it's not out. No, they never released it on DVD. That's what that's what's David, insane. You have this product me. in the uh, can. Me too. It irritates me too. Here's the thing. So we they'd had success with the Chappelle show obviously, and they right, were having right, success yeah. with Mencia. So they thought that formula works without looking at what's different between that formula and us. Right. Well, we're not a stand up. We're not a known quantity. Nobody knows who the Naked right. Trucker and T-Bones are. So for you to go out and announce we have a show, people first of all go, what are you talking about? Right. And so that was your – got to get a no yeah, yeah. T-Bones and Naked Trucker before they can yeah. so, feel his pain or you know be in on the right, jokes. Right. So we, you know, that's the format they insisted on, so that's what we did. I, I don't have a problem saying that's what went wrong. I, in my view, that's that was the fatal – but the fatal blow was the way they promoted it was they called it Roadhouse Comedy, which made it seem as if it was blue-collar comedy, and it yeah, really wasn't. Not at all. So the blue-collar comedy people looked at it and said, <laughs> what the Who fuck is this? Who is this Noam Chomsky? Exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and anyone from the Colbert show in looking at it would go, With, I'm not right. watching Yeah, that. I'm not watching that. Because they so. thought it was going to be Larry the Cable Guy. That's ridiculous. So, yeah, that was too bad. It was unfortunate, a couple things. And, and so looking back, I think I would have fought harder to say we're not doing it that way. Right. I had insisted the entire time that we don't promote this as blue collar and they didn't involve us at all in the marketing. So they were going to do what they, what, what they wanted from the very beginning. The blue collar comedy series had done very well for them on the right, network. Right. And so they just hey, paid it's no, their money and they're they just like, no you know. So that, there, was, that was really uh, frustrating. Are there episodes that never aired? Are there? No, all eight aired. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I yeah. thought they were really good. And they're great. If, it's if, a great show. It's a good show. If people it's still can actually watch it, it. It's really smart and really funny. Yep. The jokes are great. We had a great writing staff. We had great producers. I'm very proud of the show. It's just, it was such a miss. It's probably about three yards short of of a touchdown. Which is is that is that character the most fun? Is that the most yeah. fun that you have yeah. doing that? Yeah. I mean, you seem like you're just. It's a just, pig and shit. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like how you got that. You got the lip going right, the right, right. way, it's and, the and you get thing into in the, the world. Yeah, it's now, all there. Now that was a, a frustrating experience as far as uh, dealing with the um, the way it was promoted, mm -hmm. and that's what project have you worked on? Because you've worked on a million here that you were like, oh man, this is exactly what we were looking for from the beginning. This oh they presented it the right way, hit a home run. What project was really fun? Every was, other one. <laughs> 
No, let me let me just reiterate that I had a wonderful time doing the show. I'm very proud of the Naked Trucker and T-Bone show. I sure. cannot say enough great stuff about Dave Gruber Allen, who was my partner in that right. show. He is an immense comedy uh, inspiration still. I mean, that guy is fantastic. And, a, a, Funny and like a, a a cosmically nice guy. Oh, my god. You gosh. meet him, and he's like calming he's, he's you. He's the it's, greatest. Oh, he's yeah. The, Dave's the greatest. Really great guy. And uh, so we had a great time, and working with everybody, the, the guys that helped create the show and all the writers, fantastic, fantastic. Um, you know, I have my differences in the way it was kind of we were told like here's the the two fatal decisions of it's going to be formatted that way and we're going to present it marketed this way otherwise the the rest of the experience was fantastic i'm still very very proud of the shows um uh, most most stuff you work on right goes really well do you get do you get to keep those characters are you yeah yeah you guys I, own are free- I still own it that's okay. yeah, yeah yeah that's it'll write again i'm gonna write a movie yeah uh, all right well yeah. tell us about this what are you working well, on you oh. still working on a T Bones movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't want you, you know to. if they say what do they say? What do they say in the paper? Log line is kept under wraps. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. I don't want to give it you know, I don't want to know. It's gonna be a trucking movie. Oh, you bet it is. We will be going across the country. Oh yeah, road trip. T Bones road trip. We will be chased by several people. <laughs> There's gonna be a convoy baby, is There's what you're saying. Con- That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, it will be a very boy movie and that you know, some yes. of these comedies like that, you just have to embrace that male spirit and hopefully and yeah. not not to deny the female audience because it's very important but but i think things like this like iron man right yeah right what do you you know but like i think girls Sherlock holmes blow some shit up break blow, some heads yep get i some, think girls when they funny see, lines out oh yeah when they see guys being guys like oh look at these guys they're just you know guys hanging around they're just being guys women kind of respond to that like mm-hmm. oh look at males bonding and and they well, can get in on the fun thing. too if you can get to an emotional core yeah. in your movie then you can have that chance to yeah. get uh, like anchorman i didn't right. think as many girls thought it was funny as did i was i was surprised like oh okay yeah they they kind of have yeah. a similar sense of humor in i a think lot they've respect. come to it on dvd that's i think that's where it really exploded and when they Sat and watched and said, "Oh, okay, I can relate to a lot of this stuff." Right. And it's it's more satirical than they probably understood the first. Right. Night. Right. Because it really is a satire. It's a very yeah. smart movie as well. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, even the critics, dismissed it as just dumb. It's like, wow, you guys really. Yeah, are it's easy to like. Movie. Oh, this is sophomoric. You don't even, you, no, don't, you don't realize any sort of it's the satire, satire. Par- yeah, it's parody that's going on. Well, yeah. that's the thing with like the Naked Trucker and T Bones is like from watching the show is like there's a clear relationship. It's like there's a, a real family sort right. of dynamic there, which may, I. I mean, it makes it a much more complex thing that's going right, on. Right, right. There's father and son. There's brother and brother. There's friend and it, friend. It yeah. changes all. Oh, yeah. They really hate each other. Yeah, thank you. Great show. So that you know, yes, I'm gonna write. I'm writing a a movie for that. And uh, now you look at it, and you're like, wow, how are we gonna get that made? Yeah. Because they'll say, so let me see. These characters were uh, based <laughs> on a, a failed television series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where's well, the we're juice here? T- so, you well, know, they were based on a successful successful stage show, I stage think. Stage show? Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> you mentioned theater in here. I'll fucking have your intestines ripped out. I wipe my ass with playbills. You think <laughs> I'm the president of MGM, for Christ's sake. Now, I know you, I'm sure you get all the time asking about Will Ferrell. It sounds uh-huh. like he's a great guy. He is. Real talent to work with. Too tall. Now, here's here's a question you might not get a lot. I saw you recently did an episode of Hannah Montana. Right. What's it like working with Miley Cyrus? I've done two. My, my daughter is eight. Oh. My oldest daughter is eight. So I went down there um, what a couple years ago. I didn't know what the show was. I knew a person who worked on the show. Right. And had worked with uh, her husband 
uh, and on a movie, and he said, hey, if you ever want to go watch it, if your daughter's into it, blah, great. I said, great. Right. So we went down, I, and he said, I called him and said, oh, we'll take tickets to the show. And he goes, oh, you won't believe this. You can't get tickets anymore. <laughs> uh, he said, so you're a working actor. I can't even. David my wife Kegner works can't on get the show. a ticket to I Miley Cyrus right. show. Wow. And so I said, he said, but why don't you come on a Thursday? I said, even better. I'd have to sit there for five hours. Yeah, exactly. The kids show. I'll go down there. So I went down there with my daughter and her friend. Met the uh, woman I knew on the show. And I see Miley Cyrus. I don't know who she is. And I'm more like, hey, kid, come here. <laughs> come here, take a picture of my daughter. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. She's a sweetheart. She was she is such a professional. She was so kind. She couldn't have been nicer to my daughter. Oh, that's, that's cool. I had no idea how much of her time was taken by this kind of stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. That and Because was... I just look like, hey, kid, come on. You know, right. But hey. this, this woman at that point, a woman. child at the time. She's a babe. Complete professional. And she did it and went on. So then the producers came up and said, we've been trying to get you on the show. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, said, <laughs> I can't you know, even get booked in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do the show. My little daughter watches Why not? it. And so I did the thing is, is fat old Uncle Earl. And glad I did. And they are a, an amazingly wonderful family. Very kind, very sweet, very grounded, very real. That's cool. That's good uh, yeah, to hear. Very seems good su- seems surprised. Is there anything? Is it kind of bizarre meeting? You know, after you figure it out, is it weird meeting a 16-year-old chick who has that much power, that much influence in in the industry that you're in? Is that kind of surreal in a sense, or is that uh, odd? Well, it, the first time I did it, I still didn't know that much That's about awesome. the show. I think she wasn't even 16 yet. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and so I, you could tell there's a phenomenon brewing. Like, okay, whatever. I'm just here for a right. week to do this show. In a style of acting which is a bit um, <laughs> Go lar- ahead, larger than what I usually even play. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus, how high is the ceiling? Oh, there's no roof. Yeah, usually you're the angry, like, you know, right. cartoonish guy, and then they're like, no, no, we need you to amp this up even tenfold. Yeah. I mean, I was in a fat suit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I watched the clip. It was, I was digging it, though. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know funny. what? Delightful people. Everyone was absolutely great on the show, and uh, I had a fun time. I got to say, then they must be doing something right, because I know if I was 15 years old and people were kissing my ass and I had millions upon right. millions of dollars, I, I'd be a f- huge asshole. Well, it's a credit to their whole, her, her character and her family's character yeah. because she's obviously gone through quite a bit. And yep. I tell you, maintain professionalism. The night I was there, we did the taping the first time. She sat with all of my kids on the couch, took pictures, was very sweet to them, hugged them, was very kind, very genuine, very real. Uh, and then after the show, her and the cast go to one corner of the stage and every person that wants a signed autograph gets oh, one. Oh man, that cool. Came. And th- this was, a, and then they took her an hour a day to sign a hundred posters. Jesus. I mean, really, really. Class you act. You gotta reach out. So, you gotta reach out. You know, out. it's like it's a military operation. So, she's a professional, and she clearly had the maturity to understand what she was doing when she was doing it, and I think she's maintained that throughout. That's impressive. And you know, it's amazing. People are looking for all these flaws. Oh yeah. And the kid doesn't. Well, you know, something she's it, not showing any, but if you look, anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a worse person than she is. By, by <laughs> I hope so, oh, David. Don't beat yourself oh, up like that. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, we need to, we need to promote the, the T-Bones movie. He right. can't be a fucking sweetheart. Right. <laughs> there you we go. need a little bit of edge. There you go. Now, you're working on the T-Bones movie. I also saw that you did a uh, independent film called Tenure with Tenure. Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah. It's it's out soon on DVD. It's out on DVD at Blockbuster, and I think they're doing a 
whatever general le- release in April. Sure. So anything anything else coming up we should look for in the there David is, Keckner? There is a movie called The Perfect Game uh, in April. It, I think it's a G-rated movie. Oh, if right. there are any of those, it's about a group of kids from Mexico in the late 50s, I believe, that actually walked up to the world, the Little League World Series, walked and took buses wow. to the Little League World Series and won it. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's inspirational. Inspirational. Is it, inspirational. Is it a comedy or is it more a little more a, dramatic? I think it's more of a more treacly. Let me tell like, you what. Repeat performance. That thing's just going <laughs> to air and air and Probably. air. Probably. Well, oh, it's going yeah. to it's going to be like touchdowns for Joey every there, Christmas. Exactly. Well, like, that will you're right. That'll be one that every family can buy on DVD and yeah. all that stuff. So Where I the money's made. I haven't seen stuff. that one yet, but it, it was it was sweet. It was a sweet picture. All right. Well, David, thank you very much for coming in. I, I really appreciate your time. Any any place I should I direct uh, people to to check you out? Are you on? You have any web presence? No, I'm, I'm working with a guy. A guy last week, a, a computer guy, very nice man. Said uh, younger fellow like yourselves. Uh, said so. What's your? Do you have a Twitter? I'm like no. Oh man. Do you have a fan page? I no. Do you have a? Uh, you probably do that. People have set up that you yeah, don't. Yeah. You're not involved in. And he goes, dude, you got to get. That. I said, I don't want that stuff. He goes, you have to. You have it's to. Just, I was like, okay. David, I will run your Twitter for you. <laughs> you Paul's you an avid Twitter. It? Oh, I. Tw- do you tweet quite often? I do. Yeah. I'm. Well, it's. I'm at work all day. What else am I supposed to do with my <laughs> I, time? So he set me up a Twitter, Twitter account. I think I've tweeted twice. All right. Well, well, we'll, have well, we'll to, stay in, tuned. In I think weeks. I follow you on it. Do you? Well, it's hard to know because they uh, never pop up. They don't. Yeah, they don't. So, <laughs> oh, is that the thing you have to create a lot of traffic? You have to, yeah, uh, because if if someone follows 300 people and they oh they my. post 500 or five times a day, you know, it's 1,500 tweets. Is there really that much to, to say? Who's the most interesting tweeter? Wow, that is a hotly hotly contested. It's tough to thing. say, but well, Ashton Kutcher Ad, is up there. For Adam some McKay is pretty great on McKay's it. McKay's amazing. He, I mean, he's just he just walks around being hilarious. Well, he's got an amazing mind. Amazing mind. Yep. Good. I will follow McKay's tweets. Definitely follow his See, tweets. See, interesting or or you know, volume and are two different things. I right, I like yeah. to. I personally, one of my favorite people or things on there is uh, I follow a few different NASA Twitter feeds, and wow. I just. I just fuck with them the whole time. It's great. Do you need to get out of here? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. we got to wrap it up. I, I feel like I could talk all day to David Keckner, but thank you again for uh, coming in, David. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having Make me. Make sure you check out Paul Danke at twitter.com slash Paul Danke. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in the Green Room every Thursday, 8 o'clock, LA Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today. You should have seen she was really naive.